Welcome to episode 259 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, welcome along to episode 259, part B. Part B of I Am Talk, and there's a reason for that, we'll tell you about that in a second. But uh, we've coached John Newsom and Bevan James Iles, how you going, mate? I'm good, and you? Got my jacket on? Yeah. It's not that cold, but it's getting colder. It certainly is. Do you know what I need to do, John? What do you need to do, Bevan? I've been training, ate too many Easter eggs. Mm, Did you eat too many? No. Oh, why not? Because we, we don't do that in our household. My family's very control. excessive. Well, you told us about this last week, you were well, your mother. Yeah. Oh, oh Quake. Still going, still shaking, and stop. Stop. Yeah. So anyway, so I had a lot of Easter eggs in the weekend. So going for a bit of a bike ride and a run today. Nice. (laughs) I don't know. I don't often exercise for weight, but today I am. I'm like, I'm like, got to be done. Yeah, it must be, must be done. Um, I am talk is proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com for if you want to support the fifth fifth fastest marathon runner in the world. See how he instantly sent you an email. It's downhill, yeah. but it doesn't count. The world record doesn't count. Your record doesn't count either. I think he contacted us before he contacted his family. <laughs> Beat you, John. Xendurance.com. Uh, com, uh, which is Extreme Endurance, which is a supplement that helps you go faster. And Athlinks.com. So you're networking for endurance athletes for tracking results and keeping everything you do regarding sport on the web. And they don't let people who did Boston track their results on athletics because it just doesn't count because it's downhill and records don't count. They don't even count. In, in my mind, the race doesn't even exist, John. No. Did, did a race happen last week? No. Um, so it's 259 because a couple of weeks ago on our fifth anniversary show, mm. we did we called it 259 for some reason. Mm. Mm. Why was that, John? Don't know. I, I think put... we're taking shared responsibility on yeah, that. Yeah, I think we are. So 259 is actually this week. This week. But we're going to call it part B. B. Yeah, there we go. <clears throat> How many shows have we done all together, John? Just as I'm kind of winging. Two, five, nine. No, no, we've done a lot more than that. Okay. Um, you keep talking. Yeah, well, we obviously have our Epic Camp specials and our Kona specials, which probably add in about another, you know, I don't know, in, in Kona we probably did about six or seven shows. I reckon we must have close to 300. Okay. Let's have a look. Here we Let's go, right look. down here. And we've been scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Yeah, well, 282. Right. There we go. Well, there you go. Keeping you guys informed. Yeah. Good old try, Connor. Wrote a review on us. Lots of top endurance athletes still have a good humour of lots of laughs, essential weekly listening. Good balance race reviews, all nice. Tri Condor, that's um Oh Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. He came over to um Training Tips Poland. and Knowledgeable Guests. I much prefer this podcast to the US based one same. I think because UK humour seems to be a lot closer to the Kiwis and the Tri Talk crew always and what goes on even further. So, so you can pe- can rock on to iTunes and write us a nice review. Yeah, it, it, it helps our rating or something, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I think it gives us more attention. Although iTunes is pretty good with this show mm. um, when it comes to giving us attention. So love iTunes. Anyway, news. What's happening in the news, John? Not much. Not a lot of news happening, but Iron Man Australia is coming up this weekend. Okay. And one thing that I thought was quite cool with their with what they're doing over there is they um, they've got all the listed of the pros and stuff up there, but they've got a legends numbering. Legends. I bet that all everybody's laughing about how that's Kiwi say legends. Legend. Uh, and then what why? that means? It, it well, looks, why do we? Why do we say it funny? Oh, people, people, legends. It's just a Kiwi. We must put our Kiwi accent legend. on it. Mm. Well, we, you we, legend. We can't pick it up. Legend. Anyway, uh, it looks like. So wait a second. They've got the bib number. Is that the, is that the legend no, number no, there? No, no, that's uh, how many 
Ironman Australia's have done. So Legends looks to me as if you've done 10 or more Ironmans, you get a special number. Oh, I like um, that. So, for example, oh, look, Dave, Dave Ross, Ross, I'm assuming, has done 25 Ironmans. His number is 25-003. What's the three you represent? Well, that'll be, that'll be sort of his race number, I guess guess or maybe his legend number I'm not quite sure but anyway so the, the number that comes first I guess designates how many Ironmans Ironman Australia's you've done so you've done 10 or more you get a special is it just number. Ironman Australia or is it Ironman I, I, I think it would have to be Ironman Australia oh because it's quite positive. a few people who've done more than 10 yeah but I mean I think you know I'm in Australia. I'm picking would have yeah. been sometime in the eighties. Uh, I think the legend number, and then it's just your normal registration number because then you've got the ID down here. Yeah. So there you go. So, um, but that's the same. So, but anyway, I think that's a good idea just to recognise the people that have obviously supported really the cool, race eh? over the years, and um, and when people are you know when you're running along, I'm sure well informed spectators who have a clue would sort of say, hey, awesome number ten or number eleven, you keep cranking it. Yeah. So good stuff. It's a good stuff to who that who was the first guy's done twenty five, that's bloody incredible. Dave Ross. Dave Ross and Paul Every has done twenty three and Jeff Thorsten has done twenty two, as has Lewis Lopez. Nice work. Well, it goes back to a topic we've talked a lot about in the past, the concept that if you've done five Iron Men or ten Iron Men you get a free conus slot. Mm. Don't close that page. Don't close go, it? Go back. Coming go back, back to go it? back. Oh, go back to it. Um you know, because to me, you know, these are legends of our sport and supported our sport in such a big way. If you're doing Ironman for 10 years, mm. you know, and that is 10 years because it's the same race 10 times, you know, give the, give the guys and girls who have done that a and, bonus lot. And the financial investment they put yeah, into, yeah, into like, the like, you know, that's over 6,000, bucks. Yeah. You know, like, get my bonus lot, you know? So the good stuff, you legends. And in terms of the pro side of things, as expected, it's a pretty small field. Whoa, look at the chicks. Yeah. And the reason for yeah, this... it's disappointing. Well, no, it's not. It's, it's obvious because... Yeah, it's still the price money, yeah, But the prize money's not there. And they, they surely must have seen this coming. And as I've said before, whether they're too bo- bothered by it or not, but because it is um, low that, price that, money, prize money... It's hugely disappointing. Okay, males, we've got probably 12, 14 guys. You've got some pretty good athletes. You've got Craig Alexander, obviously legend. Yeah. Patrick Vernay's won it a few times. Uh, Pete Jacobs. So they've got a pretty good men's field. Top five is very good. Yeah, you've got um, Scott Needy. Courtney Ogden, who else did I see down there? Jason Shortis, probably kind of in the last part of his career, but still, he's always up there. But then girls, you've only got five athletes. Yeah, and again, you've got Caroline Stephens, so she was she second or third in Kona last year, um, and the others, uh, you know, people I'm not familiar with, they're Australians. Uh, so totally to be expected because the prize money's um, so weak. So guys like Craig Alexander, you know, he's doing it. Because he's got to. Yeah, it's good PR for him. Good PR in Australia. Early in the season. Patrick Verne kind of um, dominates that race. uh, I wonder if Patrick had even considered not going. I would have thought so. Yeah, because, you know, like he's won it for, what, three years now? Uh, He's won a lot of races in Australia, Western Australia and Ironman Australia. So he's been successful in Australia. But, you know, there must become a time where he goes, well, jeepers, I'm getting no money from this race. What's the point? Mm. Well, that, that's disappointing for so the Australian Ironman. Can, can you just go to that pro, so we can inform people of what the prize money is at this race. If you go, uh, that one there, Ironman qualifying, yep. and scroll, All way down. scroll, scroll down. So, in Ironman Australia... 25,000 US. 25,000 no, US. What was it, US or just 25,000? 25,000 US. Uh, versus Ironman New Zealand, which is, say, 50, versus a lot of the other Ironman races. So what's the one I'm taking home in a 25,000 race? Here we go, well, 25,000. They don't even have it. Oh, four, four, four and a half thousand US. So, 
It's Whereas getting, in Ironman New Zealand, the winner takes home eight and a half thousand. Eight and a half thousand. And fields, comparatively, you know, not ridiculously different in terms you of... Fifth the, in Australia, only get a thousand bucks. Yes. Wow. That, that well, is disappointing. All the, all the girls will be getting paid out, though. <laughs> if you're a girl racing. Well, because they don't have cut-off times now, do they? I don't think so. Wow, that is sad. But it's sad for Ironman Australia as well, because, you know what, you go to the races, okay, middle They've got enough of the top guys to make it kind of be wild. It's pretty cool. The you know you've got Craig and Patrick and, and all the rest of it. So maybe this isn't the case, but you do go to the race, and I know you like to meet the pros, eh? Mm-hmm. You know you like to see them there before race day at yep. the event, and you want to you know have a talk to them after the race. And one of the good things about our sport is that our pros are really accessible. So wow, man, five female pros in an Ironman race. It's mm. John. I'm just disappointed. Is it making you angry? It's my disappointed voice. This is what I'm talking about, Tyler. Look, babe, you know, I'm disappointed I'm in disappointed you. Disappointed in you. Wow, I thought better. <laughs> but they've also got a half Ironman on the same day, and I suppose this is where that possibly helps them out a little bit. They've got a few more good pros there. You know, Cameron Brown's turning up for that. Tim Burkle, oh. Joe Gambles. Well, there you go. Then I contradict myself, don't I? Um, well, not really. I mean, that, that's yeah, the prize money there is not great. So I think they're kind of just lucky that the people like key, Brownie Granger are, are thinking, well, I can just go over there. You know, it's not day. for seventy point three. The prize money is is okay. It's early season, just to get another race, hopefully get some money in there. So they're kind of, they, they will have a bit more of a pro presence there. Jalorn. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, I suppose in that it's way. going to be an interesting yep, day, and it'll yourself. be really interesting to get some feedback from you guys uh, as to how the whole, you know, they've got the 70.3 and the Ironman on the same day. So we sit here and we, we do a bit of criticism, but hey, the day might end up being fantastic. There might be a lot less drafting out there. The race might run really smoothly. So give us some feedback on whether yeah. it's worked well or if it's been a complete stink. You know what? I don't... I, the way they've taken it to 1,000, you know, who knows the logistics of the course? And, and it's disappointing for Australians because they love Ironman. Mm-hmm. And it's disappointing, obviously, to get into an Ironman race. In Australia now, it's becoming harder. Very difficult. But there is talk in the future of another Australian event. Mm-hmm. So... You know, we've heard that there may be a Melbourne race, so maybe that's what they're thinking. So, in that way, it's disappointing. But you know, as John was saying, there could be some real. There could be a nice race now because you don't have so many people on the bike course. Drafting might not be so much of an issue. But ultimately, just the money side of it is just. We're going to talk about what gets us angry this week, John. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of anger coming up on the okay. other side. <laughs> just, just hold it back. Okay, checking in with the current. So, w- w- one thing this year is the first year that we've had the Ironman point system as in getting into Kona. And so now you can actually go to WTC website, ironman.com, and they have a section called ironmanpromembership.com. And they've got, um, now I've actually gone off that page, haven't I? Um, if you go. KPR. Yep. Nice. They've got a page on that called KPR, which shows the current rankings for both the male and females in the fields. And one thing that's a little bit frustrating around the page is that they don't actually have a number no. next to it. So you can't actually see. I, we, I had to copy and paste that into my Excel so I could figure out who was. Yeah, it's a little bit something. You guys, that's, that's a simple one. Sharpen up on that. But um, it's, it's actually pretty good because they show you who's in what position. They tell you how many points they've got and where they've got those points from. So, for example, Miranda Carfrey. 8,130 points. She's got 880 from... Now, what's that from? Is it just from another Ironman race? It must be New Zealand. probably be Ironman New Zealand, yes. And then 6,000 from... So they're called Ironman. I'm assuming that's just Ironman by itself must be the world champs. Yeah. Then that's 70.3s. She's done a couple of 70.3s. Yeah. So you obviously get to get your three best of I each. think it's your five best scores. Okay. Um, we could go over that back to the other page. But anyway, the reason why I sort of looked at this page was because I, saw, I thought I saw an article somewhere... 
from um, I think it was on Triathlete magazine and Rasmus Henning that you know the title was Henning qualifies for Kona for this year and I'm like well how did yeah, he's um, it's only early in the season and uh, and how can he sort of qualify already? There's no guarantees or anything like that because there's so much more racing to come. And he's not that high up the list. And he was on, I, f- I think he was in the twenties, twenty six or something like that. I think I counted yesterday. Um, so I thought mm, that seems a bit odd, but um, yep. maybe there was some ruling how he managed to get in. But I thought oh, it's probably a good time of the year to have a bit of a look at the rankings, and um, it made for some interesting reading because you know. Let's say, Sam, I look down, um, and the, the, fir- the first cut-off date is, is I think it's uh, end of July, and they say, right, anybody who, for the woman, anybody who's in the top 25 from this date, um, guaranteed in. Gar- you're in, anybody in the top 40 for the men, you're in, and then after that date, because you do, still do have some events post-end of July, um, then they have another cut-off date, and they take another, I think, 10 men and another 5 women. And you know, the first 25 women, Sam, Sam Warriner is sitting in 26th place, and she finished, you know, she won Ironman New Zealand. She's had a couple of good, uh, she had a couple of pretty decent 70.3s. Uh, yep. She got second in one, and I don't know where she, she must have finished, you know, sixth or seventh, and a couple of others. And so she, at the moment, she's sitting outside the zone. So partly that's athlete responsibility. You know, if you do Ironman New Zealand, you know that that's a lower points race. Points race. Um, but it's also hard as well, because if you look at Sam Warriner, financially, and for PR-wise, for her to win New Zealand is a really important race mm. that she wants to aim because, you know, that's her market that she mm-hmm. can sell herself in. So for Sam, that's something that she really wants to do because it just makes good business sense. But on the point side of things, it, it maybe isn't the smartest race to do. No, so I think, you know, she's going to... She, she's, I think we heard she's going to do Ironman Germany, so she'll get some sort of points there. You know, hey, she might win it and, and she'd stomp in. But, um, you know, it does mean that she's got to do a good amount of racing and for the girls and the guys you know you, you, you have to be very loyal to WDC and you have to score very very well in these races someone like Rebecca Keat I suppose she's only got one race under her belt at the moment but she must be down there in I don't know 35th place Joe Lorne um, she's got got, got uh, three scoring events there and she, she'd be outside Two, the top 30 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 past Joe um, Sam yeah. we were Sam 26 so Joe's about 36, 37 yeah so a lot of people have got a lot of work to do, and it's going to be uh, an interesting year to see people sort of chase races. And stuff. Oh, she's only done one race, but so she's like in fortieth. Yeah. One thing that I do like about it is uh, that that Kona is heavily weighted. So you know, like Mac has yeah. only done one race, and he's in. He's, he, he, he should be in. Turn up, yeah. so he's got to go and do another race. It's pretty much top five, ten. If you get top ten, you're pretty much guaranteed for the next year. I think. I think based be- on. As long as you turn up and do another race. Yeah, you get some points somewhere else. I think you'd be, you'd be sweet. So. Well, if you're turning up top 10, and kind of, you're going to qualify, aren't you? Yeah. Unless you have a total disaster. So I thought that was interesting. And um, on the guy's side of things, I think Paul Amy was sort of sitting in... Uh, he was Toby in, Radcliffe. Paul Amy was in 40th place. Um, so he's sort of in where, where the cutoff is for the first guys. Well, what's... um? What was it? How many guys are they going to have? So they have 50 in total. So 40 from the first cutoff date and then another 10. So 50 guys... And I'm pretty sure it was 30 girls. Altogether? Yeah. It's going to be pretty competitive once they have the cutoff, isn't it? For those top 10 slots, the yes. last 10. Yes. You know, I imagine there'll be a lot of guys chasing will, races. Yeah, and if anything, it's going to really hurt your Kona, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And at what point closer to Kona do they cut that off, do you know? Oh, it'll be similar to the past, which I think is normally sort of around the Ironman Canada, Canada time, time yeah. which is uh, late, late August, early September, I think. So interesting stuff. If you want to check it out, you go to IronmanProMembership.com. In the in the um, 
on the positive side of things, it does make it interesting, doesn't it? It is. Rankings are never... Everybody always complains about rankings, you know, because they, they've, you know, you've got to be loyal to things. You've got the women's world, you know, tennis rankings, and people always yeah. complain, you know, so Venus Williams and Serena Williams aren't number one in the world or anything, but they're probably, you know, clearly the best in the world, but yeah. the other girls do lots more tournaments. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, it adds a bit of intrigue. Um, okay, one thing, WTC, well, I like what you're doing with your page here, but put some numbers next to the people. You guys say one, two, three. It's not rocket science. And on, on the guy side of things, though, um, Reynard Tissink is currently number one um, because he had a good cone last year and he won Ironman South Africa, and I'm not sure he's done the other races. Yeah. Mac is second, Ray Lert third, Timo Brack fourth, and Craig Alexander fifth. Good times, Kill uh, girls, McCaffrey, Stefan, Leander Cave, Julie Dibbins, and Rachel Joyce. Joyce is in the top five. Woo-hoo! Okay, um, WTC's eBay auctions have started. So I was just reading that article before you came over, mate, and it's pretty cool, though. So they give away, I'm not sure how many slots they give away. Four, I think. Four slots, and it's a like a VIP package. So what happens is you get pretty much all the icing on top, really, don't you, when you come to Kona that week, and they just really look after you. And now, um, Daddy Death. Peter Tinholt. Peter Tinholt. He, he isn't, I don't know if he... He got his through no, most like charity. New Zealand. Yeah. But no. did he get the VIP package? No. Well, he, he didn't get the VIP package, but I remember yeah. he was really impressive how he was treated when he... Because yeah. he, he obviously won it through fundraising for Ironman New Zealand for sister... Cystic fibrosis. Yeah. Oh, I think it was cystic fibrosis. Yeah. And, um, and he fundraises a lot of money. It's really great. And he got to go to Kona and do... They looked after him. Now, I don't know if he got the VIP package, but I remember he was pretty impressive how they looked after him. So this is one way that they run fundraise money, and it's really cool. Over the last nine years, they've raised seven million bucks. Mm. So I don't think this, it's all by just this eBay auction, but I think two million dollars has been raised by the eBay auction. But mm. um, it's a cool thing, you know. They give away four slots, and you get the VIP package. The bid start at ten thousand dollars. It's currently it's a couple of days in the first one, and it's sitting at twenty three thousand one hundred dollars. Do we re- do we recall what they normally get? I seem to think it was about fifty grand. Yeah. from memory this is a good thing eh it's good yeah. you know, they're putting uh, I mean um, WTC as well you know they stumped up for, for Christchurch they put um, I think 50,000 US into um, a, a fund, fund. For, yep. for Ironman New Zealand so uh, doing some good things yeah it's good times um, that is one of the nice side of our sport isn't it it is you know? lots of fundraising yeah lots of giving back eh? okay then uh, Aaron the interpreter Hurwitz um, he's got a race for us to do John he has so the, every year we, we do talk about the Elliott uh, Iron Distance Triathlon I think they call it the Ironman don't know how they get away with that but anyway he just wanted to inform us if anybody wants to go over to Israel to race probably shouldn't have said it on the show sorry no, it doesn't matter. we'll probably ruined it from the good letter now anyway yeah. <laughs> May the 10th uh, I've got, they've got a half and a full and it's a good price it's $118 early bird special for the half and the, the full was oh oh oh, oh sorry Full was two hundred and six dollars. So if you want to get in early, check out the Elliott Ironman. Was there a link? Triathlon. Just do a Google search. You'll find it. Go to k two two six dot com. Discussion of the week, Tom John. Last week we are uh, we uh oh that's an old discussion of the week. Oh, I, I, this, oh no, because we went back on an old page before. Oh, 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 oh silly me. Schoolboy era. Oh, <laughs> Schoolboy era. David Pierce sent through this week's discussion. What makes you angry about triathlon? John's gonna love this one. I had. So uh, let's let's give it give it some love. Okay, what do you think, John? Quite a bit of variety here. Yeah, I was surprised. Look at that. People are very angry. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's see. Sean Mills, cost of entry and early start times making the logistics of a race really difficult. Oh, that's interesting. I've never really thought that early start times were a problem. Yeah, if, if, I guess for an Ironman race, 
No, because you're going to travel anyway. But if it's like a, say it's just your local oh, triathlon, sprint distance okay. triathlon, then yeah, it can be a bit frustrating. But for how triathlons get so ridiculously consumed by results and ego, oh, they set their expectations. And when the people in their life think they have done this amazing thing, they sit and mope about, which is sometimes if they don't get a PB. Don't get me wrong, I'm competitive and want to be the best I can do, but what happened to the sport being fun? People need to soak up the atmosphere more and realise that the sport, doing the sport is a pretty special thing that most people wouldn't even dream of doing. Smile more, people look way too miserable when they race. And she's got the cost of racing as well, it's ridiculous. Yep. Mark Lewis, people who just don't understand and give, me, give you a hard time. Where, where is this? Where was that yeah. one? You going down low? Okay. Um, down low. Oh. Nadia McLaren, I'm in world champs. Saying it's the world champs. I would say it is the world champs. Yeah, well, yeah. I'd be interesting if another race came along. It couldn't under WTC. Imagine if Challenge came along and said, Root, world champs. Well, it's like the, the baseball world championship series in America. It's like, mm. Yeah, but I suppose the only difference is, is Root could probably pull off a field if they had enough money. Mm-hmm. Whereas I suppose you could do that with baseball as well. Yep, okay, yep. Um,. Gareth Holbrook, no gear and big ideas. The opposite of I like this all one. the gear and no idea. People who scoff at those who can afford or who are lucky enough to borrow great gear but are still early in their triathlon career. I could rant for hours on this one. It's an inverse, it's inverse snobbery and people who feel um, great about and harp on about overtaking someone in the air helmet zips TT rig when they are on a 20-year-old sturdy frame <laughs> and training wheels should stick to their own knitting. Mm. That's the only thing that annoys me about triathlon. I kind of see his point there because, you know, we all have that when you pass a guy who's got all the gear and, you know, like, and you're on an old, you know, my old career, which I had back in the day. Um, You know, but if you've got the money, you know, it's not your fault you can afford it. It's true. You know, like, like if if you can afford all the gear and it's not a, a financial... You know, sure, if you're just new to sport and you can't afford it and you go buy a $20,000 bike, you're a mug. But That is frustrating. That's probably that's what frustrates me is when people buy things that are going to make a difference, but really, have you got other, other priorities where you're spending this money? Better yeah. and I rant a bit about this on some of our rides yep. about not necessary triathlon-related stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're, you know, if you're loaded and you can afford all the top gear, well, good on you. Okay, uh, Michael Burt, Byrits, maybe? Um, By the fact that I'm so bad at it. (laughs) Nice. Um, Norman White, drafting and the money-grabbing WTC, the most sponsors and the highest entry fees in the world. Okay, here we go. Sarah Butcher, drafting and... Deep breath, apologies for a rant now. Even worse swimmers than worse swimmers than me who start in front of me and then breaststroke and kick me. Arrgh! If you're going to breaststroke, please kindly start at the side or the back and not in front of us slow but consistent swimmers. Thank you. How tell race organizers say a run is 10k and then it's nine. <laughs> and then get the mile markers in the wrong place. How bloody hard can it be to measure a mile or a or kilometer intervals? It's not. 12 mile, if it's 12 miles, then say it's 12 miles. Hey, but how tell? It's a great race day. <laughs> it's a good time. That's right. Oh, yeah, it was long that day too. Tom Chambers drafting. It is cheating and I'm not and not why I joined the sport. When I get past, dropped off the back of a proper distance before... Oh, oh, when you get past, drop off the back the proper distance before you put the effort in. That way, you make it fairer for all. If I manage... you, uh, uh, Yep, that will do. <laughs> I was losing it. <laughs> Uh, scroll. Oh, we've got heaps. Chrissy McKinley 
Ditto to drafting. People who litter and who, who are rude to the volunteers, plus marshals at races. Some of the, the slow twits who talk a load of XXX on certain triathlon forums. Also the apparent North American bias of certain triathlon publications. Gosh, I sound like a whinging pom. I seem to remember somebody with a similar name getting a drafting penalty at a recent race. Oh, really? Yes. Back it up. Back it up. <laughs> Hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Cross, there's a major need for an iron distance race in Melbourne, Australia, which is, I think, that'd be a great spot, wouldn't it? That's right. Logistically, it might be hard to been pull to off. So I couldn't, couldn't call you haven't been to Melbourne. have not been to Melbourne. Why not? No need. No, Melbourne's a rock. Yes. You'd love Melbourne. Melbourne's awesome. <clears throat> Uh, last, one, over there. last one for me. I don't like that typical triathletes don't take. Ownership. Who is this? Uh, Joshua Crab. I don't like that typical triathletes don't take ownership of our sport. Triathlon is what we create it to be. If you want cheap local events, then create some cheap local events oh, with your training partners or triathlon club. A midweek trail run, mountain biking, etc., etc. I probably should have read this one because it's. Oh, it's a on. book. And if you want to read the rest of Joshua's <laughs> Crab's comments, you go onto our Facebook page. I'll finish off with Annette Lee, my good mate Annette Lee. Uh, other triathletes who want to tell you what you're doing wrong. Yes, it's, it's mm. true. Uh, and women who don't look like women. Flat chested, no arse, and veins, veins, and more veins. Mm. Stephen, we've heard a little bit of your anger this week. Well, my, my anger just comes down to money. My anger is we're in a sport that's not struggling financially sure you look at some sports you know badminton in New Zealand you know you're not going to be making a big living out of badminton in New Zealand because it's a minor sport it probably gets no money it gets probably a little bit of government funding you know so when you look at some sports and they don't make much money you can can go well you know what not many people do that sport so fair enough but our sport brings in a lot of money Mm -hmm. and I, I, I talked about it a few weeks ago on the show when I was coming home from CrossFit and they had their you know their I think their CrossFit Games and it's like the first maybe only three years old or something they've got more money or as much money as the Ironman World Champs and and it, it does make me angry like it's it's we're just we're I've got I've got an idea for you Bian. put this put this out there. and I don't get angry John no you don't no no, no you're a lover not a hater I'm a lover not a hater yeah, yeah. Yep, no, that's right um, in a way though I was thinking about this because I, I, I saw a lot of the comments on here do you think potentially that WTC are protecting the sport from its success? Because <laughs> oh, here we go. Now, the, 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 and this is my rationale here: is if you did say, you know, I, I totally agree. There's a lot more money out there, and I don't don't quite understand why it's not going to pros and developing that, that yeah. side of the sport. But if say at Kona at the moment, say I don't know ballpark, there's probably half a million prize money when you total total it all up. Say they decide to go from being a, a, it's around about it's a million, isn't? I don't know. So I think currently it's like 100, 110,000 for the win or something yep. like that. Say, for example, they go, right, we're going to crank this up. We're going to make it, say, 300,000 for the win or something like that, and we're going to pay 20 deep, and so 20th is like... 10 grand. I don't know, 10 grand, 5 grand. It's compensating you for your time to be there. And um, if you really crank up the money there, <clears throat> then what's going to happen is the field is going to become... A lot stronger, and this is what happened in, in short course triathlon. Yep. Your field becomes very, very competitive, and then obviously they had to bring in drafting. If they make the sport attractive enough that people are going to go who are doing short course who are really good, going like this, I can make more money doing Ironman. They're going to go there. Coming out of the water at most Ironmans, all of a sudden everybody is going to be within one minute. Plus, will take your yeah yeah your, yeah your outer outer liars. Um, all of a sudden, you're going to have a pack on the bike that's going to be 40, 50 people strong, similar sort of ability. It's just going to become a drafting sport. And then will that turn people off? You know, a lot of the complaints here about a dra- drafting. drafting, if you see all the pros end up drafting, 
or it just becomes a bit of a joke, like it does in, say, Clearwater, then age groupers are just going to feed off that and go, uh, you know, that's that's what you're going to do to be good. So the question is, would that happen very quickly? Because if you think, you know, like, let's say we did have a mass exodus because the prize money across all Ironman got better. So not just mm-hmm. Kona, but yep. as in you turn up to Ironman New Zealand, the winner gets 100 grand. Yeah. You know, so you could actually make a really good living from the sport. If, if that was the case, do you think that would, how, how long would a period would it take for that's become a problem. I think it's a, it wouldn't happen overnight, but it, it would happen. I mean... Uh, Not overnight, but it was just like panting. Yeah, I mean, it might happen that you know, each Olympic cycle, you might get more guys coming across. But that's, you know, the, 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 the Olympics are always going to be a big carrot for people. Um, I suppose the, the, my argument to that would be, I'd much rather have a sport where, because it was too healthy, you had those issues, mm. than have a sport that it's unhealthy, but we're only getting five pros at a race. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, to me... I'd much rather have a race where you've got 50 pros turn up and go, oh man, this is a real problem because we've got so many great races here than we've only got five pros. I, I think one of the big telling things for me this year will be what the race, if, if the race ends up being any different in Kona because they're going to have, say, 50 <laughs> men racing versus, say, 150, whether that's going to change the dynamic of the race much. So, Do you think it will? I don't think it will at all. I don't think it'll change it much. Maybe I mean, in, the back, th- in the middle of the pack, maybe, yeah. but for the top race, it's still the I, same dudes. I don't think it will. I think that, that pack that the, uh, the starts off the ride together will be a bit smaller than what it normally is. Say, instead of it being that this the year we were there, you know, there might have been 30, 30 40 guys in, in a line there, yeah. and that might end up being, say, 20, 25 guys in a line. And it might spread the swim out a little bit as well. So that's my sort of, um, you know, w- this year, you know, the prize money has gone up and they've, they've, they've made it so it's a bit more top-heavy, so the top guys are, are making um, more money. Um, but that would be my argument. Not well, I suppose my counter-argument with that would be is that, like, if you look at the ITU series, mm-hmm. they limit it to 12 races. So well, it's, le- it's less than that, but yep. yep. Okay, so how yep. many races is there? Six. Okay, like, so it's six, six races. Six so mm. y- y- it's going to be loaded fields, isn't it? Mm. Whereas an Ironman, you just put more races on. Mm. You know, you could have how many races? Are there? There's probably 20 races at least on the map right now. Yeah. So if it becomes a problem, there's too many pros, we just put more races on the map. And then mm. for the sport, that's a better thing. You know, then you can, why, why not have, you know, in America, in North America, you could probably have an Ironman just about in every state in America. Yeah. You know, you could have 40 races in America. Yeah. And if you had lots of pros going. So I don't think we're restricted to the amount of races we could have. So if anything, you could dissolve that a little bit by having more races I don't know I just look at it Ironman Australia you've got five women pros that is sad mm. you know that is hugely disappointing and so it's like you know whereas if, if, if the model you're talking about if we were offering 100,000 you know US for the winner and paid down from there and someone race like that we'd end up with amazing athletes who could make a good living who could develop themselves further which would evolve the sport further so for me yeah I just think when people talk about drafting here, you need to accept that as the sport becomes more and more successful, drafting is become, going to become more and more of an issue. And um, and, and then like if we do go back to Ironman Australia, geez, our water tastes like chlorine right now, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I got fresh water yesterday. We've got two containers of it at home. Oh, earthquake, though. We've, Christchurch has the freshest water in the world, doesn't it? One of the freshest. Yeah. And, uh, Post-earthquake. Post-earthquake. It's like chlorinated. Swimming pool water. But anyway... Um, you know, and, and, you know, we're talking about the drafting with Ironman Australia, you know, like they've taken to a thousand athletes and you know what, I'm sure it'll be a better race because of it. Mm. So, you know, it is that whole kind of seesaw, Balancing how do you make it? Yeah. yeah. So, okay, what's maybe, your maybe, that, maybe that's uh, WTC maybe thinking along the same lines as me. Yeah. Thinking, oh, we're, gonna, we're just going to protect don't, the sport. Don't want to hurt the sport. We don't want to hurt the sport. So we're not Doesn't hurt our profits money. either, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
that was one thing I was thinking about. Uh, you know, a couple of other people have said, you know, abusive athletes to volunteers. That, that really frustrates me when you know you're taking the race very seriously. I don't have a problem with people having the game face on, taking it seriously. But if you start abusing somebody who's yeah. trying to give you a water or something because yeah. they, they missed you or something, then they they're out there all day yeah. long. And, and they're volunteers. And it's volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing that frustrates me, a couple of other things, race promoters not promote, promoting the elites, you know, the big Ironman races. Ironman New Zealand do a good job of that. They, they do lots of press releases, get, get them out there. You always see it on the websites, but, you know, we struggle week on week for, I'm not talking your local race, you know, it's, if you've only got a couple of pros or a couple of elite athletes, it's a bit of a struggle to really create a hoopla about that. Um, but for... Yeah, but it's in, in your race, in your race. Yeah, Andrea, and yeah, you, you know, and you we know, got good media coverage. Yeah, and you know, the crowd loved it. You know, mm. like they loved having these elite athletes in our local event. Um, but you know, for for decent sized Ironmans around the world, that, that their information should be plastered over all the triathlon websites and and giving the pros a bit of profile. You know, if they're not giving them money, they could at least give them a bit of profile. So that frustrates me. And but on the counter side of that, um, it does frustrate me that pros are often not as professional as they could be and and don't help themselves out by running themselves as a business. Can I, can I change the question? Um, okay, but I want, to, I want to do that one at some stage. Well, I'll give you my proposal question and you can decide. I'll, I'll just change it to a next well, If WTC went public, mm. as a you know, traded company yeah. that you can invest in, would you invest in it and what do you think the stock will be worth? I've got no idea. <laughs> that could be a discussion, but... Okay, go. So if WTC goes public, would you really love to see them go public? They're owned by a private equity firm, aren't they? Yes. Well, maybe they're not a big enough business to go public. Well, I'll never clue. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of bean counters out there that can tell us whether they could or couldn't. Okay, so if they went public, if WTC went public and you could buy shares in them, would you buy shares in them? And what do you think those shares would be worth now? I know it's just a total throw, throw it in the air and hope, but it would just be interesting to see what you guys think the company would be worth. Next week we're going to do my discussion. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry for vetoing it. Okay, let's check some music on. Age Gripper of the Week. Now, John, this one's a bit of a gold one. Good old Swanee. Yeah. Swanee, Richard Swan. He's actually the fastest out of all of you, isn't he? No, he's not. Does he beat Albert? Sorry? No. Swanee's still slower than me. He blew up in Christchurch Marathon. Oh, is he? So he, he just didn't blow up fastest. as much as me. I'm he's fourth got, fastest. He's got the fastest uh, Ironman split, I think. A uh, run split. Yeah, so he's course, got sub course, three, isn't he? Of course, was short. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Rope, which is exactly accurate. <laughs> exactly. Okay, he'd like to nominate Dean Dino Gaskin, who I know listens to the show as he always mentions me thrashing John over the full marathon distance. It uh, didn't happen. It hasn't happened anywhere. <laughs> he did beat you. Sorry? He did beat you in the one he time did, you faced face-to-face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But who's got fastest time? <laughs> um, Dino was one of the very top age groupers this year in Taupo doing a very good 907. Wow, that very, is very, very, good. very, very good, including a blistering 259.40. He actually beat you in a marathon in a nine-man too, that mate. That is impressive. Yeah, that is Anybody a- go sub three... Especially in New Zealand, because it's, it's a, undulating, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the PB for Dino, having done a 9.14 in 2009. Then he's off to Kono this year, having been one of the cool guys that were up in nine, there in 19, oh, 2009 and expect big things for the year. Not only that, but he supported his wife, Nate, through her first debut I Am For Man performance, which was a very solid 10.48. She did better than I did in my first year. Nice. This year in Taupo. Anyway... Uh, who knows Dean? Oh, Anyone who knows Dean. Oh, anyway, he did put anyway. He did, I know yeah, that. That's his mistake because I know my reading isn't the flashes. Uh, he, uh, anyone that knows Dean is that he's a real character and he's a great guy to train with. 
to tease Coach Alley at the swimming pool or to get the piss taken out of. So for that, he should be age grouper of the week. P.S. If you're in Wellington you want an entertainment book, contact Dino. And if you're on your house sold, contact Dino. And the good thing about this age grouper, Swanee actually went on his Facebook page. Yeah. Did you see the photo? No. Okay, you start talking and I'll, and I'll talk about the photo. Because so entertainment books are good. If you're in Wellington, you don't have to <laughs> talk about the entertainment book. They are book. good. The bug of this age group of the, biz- the week business, entertainment books. <laughs> tell tell the world about it, John. What is it? Basically, a book of vouchers, and it's basically you know, um, they have all good restaurants in it. It's like two for one or free vouchers everywhere. But why wouldn't you go to voucher, mate? They don't have much on there. I mean, they do. I mean, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm just doing the sales yeah. pitch, John. Um, they have some stuff on there, but this has like all the gold restaurants in Christ. You're not, well, I'd say they're gone, haven't they? They have, but it has pretty much all the really good restaurants. Has plenty of good vouchers. You get you basically go out once or maybe twice, and you get your money back. So, um, but Dino, outside look at that. Dino's high school photo. No, nice. I put that on the website this week. Look at nice. that, the spiky here. Nice. Look at that. Um, but I've got to say, a two hundred nine forty marathon, and I'm in Zealand. Impressive, very very impressive. But to do it this year in that weather they had, yeah. soaking wet shoes probably makes it, it even must, more it must be close to top ten. Oh, easily in the top ten. Easy. Yep. <laughs> easily. I'll put my, this in a moment. We're going to have a pause in a moment. Yeah, and like, I'm going to put my... Put, like, okay. hold, on, hold on. What place do you think he would have been overall with that run time? That run time? Well, he's got 907. So it's more about your overall time. Or just mean the run... No, oh, oh. no, I was talking his run time. Oh, run time. Oh, I'd be top five, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. I would have said about fifth or something like that. <laughs> I'd better than you are. <laughs> yeah. But a 907, I would have said, how did you, let's, let's think, 907, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been top 10. It would have been... It would have been pretty close, but... It would have been... I'm, I'm going to go 12th. Um, no, I'm going to go 13th. So where do I look here, John? Where do I look? Results? You're going to go for results. Results, where are they? There. Results. I'm in PDF results. Oh, I do. You'll yeah. be in top 10. Yeah, male overall results. Overall results. Okay. No, ch- no chicks went nine oh seven or quicker, so he will be the in, in terms be of the, the male chick. side of things. Okay, it's probably not the page. Okay, Dino, he got one, two, three, four, five. Correct, six, Dick, he was eight. Seven, eight. That's including the pros. Very impressive. That's pretty impressive, John. Yes, definitely worthy of age group of the week, and he was second age grouper overall. One, two, three. He was eight. I think the fourth fastest marathon. That does not surprise me either. Well, wow, that's definitely age group of the week. And that, that photo is sensational too. And Dino, we'll be seeing you in Kona. Talk about restaurants. Because um, Dino, that's the end of the No, we'll do, we'll do the, your, your yeah, age yeah, group of the week yeah. in a minute. But, so a mate of mine, uh, we, we had a game site the other night, so it was lots of fun. But um, a guy who came around, he owns a couple of restaurants in town, um, mm-hmm. 205 and another French one that was beautiful but he's lost both of his businesses but we were, we were saying yeah, some businesses must be creaming it right now because oh, yeah. and he was saying there's one called number 5 in Miraval yeah, yeah absolutely cranking yeah so apparently they make $18,000 profit a month mm-hmm. or maybe a week and they're making 60000 profit a week at the moment because mm. what's happened is all the restaurants have disappeared so if you survived you're just Cafes printing money you? and restaurants yeah. motels there's so many uh, that's the thing so many people in Christchurch are screwed but some people are just cranking it, which well, is great. I got a, you know, I got a mate who's um, one of Todd's friends, and he owns a boiler business, and uh, and he's just creaming it, you know. Yeah. And, and he said, "But you feel really bad, and you don't actually want to tell people you're doing so mm. well because, you know, what do you meant to do? You, you know, it's business. She's no. providing service, and yeah. so all the rest of it. But yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting time in Christchurch right now. Okay, well, so um, I'm Dino, actually, it's the last week of Dean. the show. I'm doing boilers next week. Okay. <laughs> so Dino Gaskin, we had a bit of a pause there. Dino, 
Age group of the week. Beautiful. It's Dino. Okay, John, let's get an interview happening. We're going to go do an interview right now and then we'll be back. Again, I love podcasting because I don't need. We could go. We could go. We could go on holiday. We'd go for a bike ride. Yeah, we could go for a bike ride. Mm. We could go to Hawaii. That's right. Oh, okay. We'll be back from Hawaii soon. Yes. It'll be right next moment. For there them. we go. It's amazing. Two five eight C. Yeah, there we go. Two five nine C. Oh no, B. Yeah, well, we could be C. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a, oh. let's just do the bloody interview. <laughs> okay, here we go. John, I know we've had that break, but we're gonna yes. do we're gonna do a sponsor first. Sponsor. 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 Okay, what are we doing? We, I think you had coffees of Hawaii up first. No, I think I had Athlinks. You did too. Athlinks. Okay, I'm pulling up Athlinks. Here's Athlinks.com. Here it is right here. So one thing I was going to talk about today is if you go to, we were logged in as me, go John Newsom, click on the little arrow next to my name and we'll go results. Results. What I like about when you go all your... you have some good results here. Yeah. How'd you go into Christchurch Marathon? How did Swanee go? I don't know if I actually registered that one. <laughs> Auckland Marathon, that was what comes up first. That's all we care 238, about. 238, 33. What did Albert yes, do? Uh, 237. And the, the research is showing, not the research, yeah, some research is showing that on that course, potentially up to about three minutes of gain with the wind um, the wind allowance on that day. <laughs> so Albert is 240. You haven't put the SPS Marathon yes. 244. Not impressive. No, that wasn't the best But the, the main thing that I want to talk about today was um, when you've got all your results up there, then you can start breaking them into the, well, it does it automatically. It basically breaks it all into results, different mate. groups. You're exactly. a bit of an athlete, you are. But then you can go. You can group by year. Okay, let's do that. How do I do it? Group but by year. Group by year. That's pretty straightforward. But you group by category. Okay. Um, and then category. it goes. It can go. It breaks it into sports because obviously I do some running races, do some biking races, do. Some well, I like going group by year because then oh, bugger, I push my button again because I can see how much I race each year. But you've got duathlon, running. You do a lot of triathlon and multi-sport. Yes. Um, so then you can group it by sport. So if you just want to look at your running races, um, or if other people just want to look at your running races, you can do that. And then within each sport, then it can, you can break a, it down is, even further. Is it a 5K race? Yeah, but they see, then they've, they've, well, that's what I like now, because that yeah, exactly, you look at that and you go, that's a 5K race. And the block relay. Yeah, time 18. 18 this is 19, mate. Not, not a good day at the office. Pathetic, but. pathetic time. But... Now athletes have got trail running, so that's like a cross country. You're zigzagging through trees, you're going up and down ah, hills. So, so you don't look at that. And then if you go to those other races, you've got some 16, 13s there, mate. Nice, nice. There you go. Um, but so it breaks it into sport. But also then, when you're within a sport, say you're within your triathlon, then it can break it down into all your iron distance performances, or say your uh, Olympic distance triathlons. Oh, um, this is great. So then I've got five Olympic distance triathlons um, listed up there. Oh, only one under sub two. Yes. That's what that about, John. How many times has he gone on a sub two? Lots of times, surely. Plenty of times. Yeah. I was only one second off last time in Wellington, though. Two thousand one second. Yeah. Yes. Got third overall in that race. The funny yes. thing is, the fastest race you had was your worst placing. Yes. Jesus and Tri Champs. Champs. Two thousand and eight. Oh, they may have included elites and stuff in there as well, because I think uh, I finished second or third in there. Uh, placing category was third. Yeah. Anyway. Ironmans. Eight fifty one. That's a good spot time, mate. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. What would be your ultimate? For an Ironman. What I could potentially do? Like yeah, like if, if you could just... If I know. went back to rote and trained like I did before that one and maybe just put a bit more biking, I think I'd go around about, again, working, not not full-time training. Um, I think I could have could have gone about 8.40. If I'd trained for a year, full-on, somewhere like rote, I reckon down potentially 8.30-ish. Um, but What's cool is if done. you're someone like Hotel who races every minute of every day... Then what's great about it is he can go on there and have always he can break it down so he goes running and then you go okay five k races and it actually creates graphs for you for the race exactly. comparing each run so you've got like a graph here saying okay one race he did sixteen thirties as fast as time and placings and everything so it's 
and it gives you your PR and your, your differential. So, you know, I did a 16.13, which is listed up there as my PR, and then I've got another one on there, which is a 16.31, so it's plus 18 seconds, so it gives you all your differences. What happened that so, day, mate? Again, those ones... 2022. Those, those two there, need, I need to reclassify them. They were off-road, um, off-road um, re- 20 minutes. relays. Yeah, well, those, some of those 5Ks in the, in the forest are not quite 5K. Mm-hmm. And uh, This is really great. So, yeah, so what you can do is you can really break down. You can just have a good look at what you're doing. You can have the overall picture, but then you can even go, okay, by year, what was my best year? Like, obviously, 2009 was a pretty good big year for you, 2008. Yeah. Seven, maybe not so many results you've put up here, but, you know, the Two, more. 2003 and two, 2002, 2003. Yeah, didn't race at all. Didn't race at all. <laughs> was that really the case? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, so so you know we often talk about a great place to keep track of everything, but it's also gives some really good options to to have a different perspective on how to look at it. Eh? There you go. Check it so. all out on athlinks.com. You need to register. John, it's going to be a long show. Yes. Athlinks.com. Uh, it's going to be a long show. Yes. Because we just did this interview, which is going to rock your guys' minds, isn't it? It's change it, it, did, your did it rock your mind? mind? Yeah, it was very interesting. I mean, I'd done a little bit of research before we talked to talk to him about it. Um, so we're going to talk to Bob about. Uh, Metabolic efficiency. Mm. Interesting. And the thing is, you guys are going to get your mind rocked. So here's Bob. Right now. Right now. Um, right here, we're very happy to have this week on the show Bob Sibaha. He's a sport dietitian from uh, Colorado in the States. He's been away with Olympic triathlon teams. Um, one of the things I always like is he um, to get people on the show who actually have done our sport or do our sport um, so they can give us some good knowledge based on you know the textbooks and research but also on sort of practical know-how real world real world stuff so bob welcome along to the show well thanks guys i certainly appreciate the opportunity hey so tell us a bit about your your background i mean um you know obviously your your background in dietetic dietetics (laughs) and also um in terms of the, the the athletic side of you because i've obviously seen you've done a bit of triathlon one of the things i saw on your website is you've done um, the lead man, where you've sort of done all the all the events within within um, sort of a seven week period. So tell us a bit about your your background. Yeah, it was uh, it, it's been a, a very interesting path. I actually started uh, at the age of right around four or five playing soccer, and kind of grew up as a more of a soccer and, and team sport athlete. And in fact, I remember in in high school, I was, I was one of the faster kids on the on the team. And you know, the track coach came up to me and said, "Hey, why don't you run track?" And at that time, I'm thinking. You know why? Why would I just run for the sake of running? You know why? I don't have a ball in front of me. That that you know, running is boring. And now you know, of course, I've I've progressed from there. But yeah, I didn't I didn't get into triathlon until I was was in a sophomore in my in my undergrad. And it was it was just off a dare on a with a buddy of mine. And you know, we decided to do a sprint triathlon and completely flailed in that first race. You know, I'm not your success story, finish first kind of a thing. But uh, had such a great time. And and I think with me, I'm I'm so competitive with myself that I wanted to just get better and better. And that led me to Ironman. You know, I've, I've done six Ironman races. I've done, as you mentioned, the, the lead man races up at, up at, you know, 10,000 feet and above here up in Leadville, a couple hours away from where I live. And, you know, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I want to push my body to its limits so I can see where, where the limits are. So those are, you know, mentally, nutritionally, physically, because, you know, that, that comes back to my career. You know, I was, I've, I've been, a uh, you know, school taught exercise physiologist, sport dietitian, but you know, I don't, I don't think I can do my job well until I can put myself out there and, and really feel what the athletes are doing and saying, Hey, I know exactly what you're going through. I know what GI distress means. I know what throwing up me, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I've been there, done that. And that's what I'm trying to help you with. So 
it's it's been a nice progression. This is my 18th year of uh, endurance sports now, and and I've done everything. Like I said, triathlon, ultra running, ultra mountain biking, just trying to experience it all, just to kind of take it in. How much credibility do you feel <clears throat> that it, <clears throat> excuse me that actually gives you with athletes? Oh, it's it's huge. I, I tell you. It's, you know, the, the day that, that I say I, I stop competing, I think that's when I lose credibility. But, but as a great example, I, I spent a very short term at the University of Florida as the director of sport dietetics um, or director of sport nutrition. And I remember one of my key teams was, uh, was football, right? D1 football and, and American football. And, you know, here I am, you know, buck 50, dripping wet, you know, triathlete, make body. And here I am with uh, working with linemen who are twice, you know, two and a half my si- times my size. And, and I'm thinking, you know, how do I, how do I get them to respect me? And that was actually coming off my first Leadville 100 run. It was about a week after, you know, I'm hobbling around and, you know, talking to these guys and, and they're asking me, about, you know, they're, they're kind of feeling me out like, you know, who is this little, this little chump here trying to tell us about nutrition? And, you know, it got, it got out that I just finished a 100-mile race and right there, instant respect instant respect even from these guys who were at the top of their game in a whole different sport so i I think it holds huge credibility in what i do obviously one other thing that's would i'm sure has given you credibility is is going to the olympics as uh, the team sport dietitian um obviously you know we're going to talk more about um practicalities for for age group racing and and what have you but but uh, but what is it like going to the olympics because as you said it's it's a whole variety of different sports and um are are those elite elite athletes as disciplined as we might expect they would be with their nutrition and and it does that vary hugely across sport to sport it's it's a great question i thought you know when i when i uh worked at the u.s olympic committee and when did i get there oh six uh, I thought, you know, here I am working with Olympic athletes. What what can I do to help their nutrition? Because I thought, you know, these are Olympians. They they know what they're doing. And and in fact, uh, it was quite the opposite. So <laughs> I actually did a lot of what I call nutrition makeovers with these guys and girls. And it, you know, to to your point, it does depend on the sport. You know, I was working with not only our endurance sports, our cyclists, our our triathletes, our canoe kayakers, our our, our biathletes, but also the weight class sports, some strength and power sports, weightlifters, your wrestlers completely different spectrum you know we have to go through some of those sports have to go through weight cutting and there are very very Mm -hmm. specific uh nutritional guidelines to follow and then you contrast that with endurance athletes who think you know it's just a buffet out there especially with with ironman racing but it's it it was it was it was difficult i'll tell you that but once or once you know you get once you get the message out and you help them you know weight cut or get to their goal or whatever whatever nutrition goal or body weight body composition goal they have once you do it safely, uh, it, it, it actually becomes pretty easy because then you can replicate it. Do, do you find, like, you know, p- p- people who work in the, your industry or, you know, I work in fitness as well, you know, the, a lot of people, the ultimate dream is to, you know, do a sports team or do an elite, you know, kind of that kind of level and, you know, getting to the elite, taking, to be in that role. Did it live up to everything yeah. you expected it to be? It was, I, I tell you what, being, you know, just having that experience was probably the, the greatest, one of the greatest honors of my life just to, just to have that experience yeah. um, and, and to go through it. I think especially because the games that I went to were in, were in China, it was, it was very challenging from food sourcing. You know, I got to see a lot more than I think what, what they're going to see here this time around in London because it's, it's a little more, uh, more easy to source foods. But yeah, it, it did live up to it, um, especially, you know, I think it was it, it kind of capped off my whole Olympic experience because the, the triathlon team actually used me for 10 days leading up to the Olympics. And that, you know, I mean, that's, 
that that's that's where I'm at. I mean, you know, being a triathlete myself, that was that was the biggest honor of of course. And you know, I was out there with them at their training camp in South Korea, and we were doing hydration testing and just to just to be able to to kind of be in in you know kind of my own kind, if you will. That that was really what was the pinnacle of my entire Olympic game experience. Mm. Well, one of, one of the big topics we want to sort of go into today in, in the area you specialize in is um, metabolic efficiency, um, yep. you know, the use of you know, becoming more efficient at using your fat store, stores rather than just relying on carbohydrates or basically just improving that. So can you sort of explain to us in, in, what, in, in, in layman's terms what me- metabolic efficiency is? Yeah, absolutely. The, the easiest way to explain it is basically being able to use the the stored fat in your body better and preserve the stored carbohydrates. That's really at the end of the day what I'm looking to do. We've got we've got any any given person give or take has about 80,000 calories or more stored in their body as fat. That's what I want. That's where I see opportunity. Very glass half full kind of person is, wow, there's a great opportunity to teach the body to use that. In contrast, we only have about anywhere between 1,400 and 2,000 calories of carbohydrate. So, you know, I, I, I saw this, you know, I could tell you about how I got into this, but I saw this a few years ago and I'm thinking, you know, there's, there's, there's something wrong here. You know, we're burning through our carb store so quickly and then we're needing to feed ourselves and we get GI distress and we're throwing up and we're using the porta potty so often, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the deal? So really the, the bottom line is teaching your body to use more of what it has and preserving more of what it doesn't have a lot, and that's carbohydrates. And, and so, you know, often if we talk about burning our fat stores, people think, right, that means I've got to go out there and, and train slow, and, um, yep. and that's how yep. I sort of, yeah. sort of do my fat burning. But obviously we're in, when we're in a competitive situation, and, and say an Ironman race, and it, it's going to range anywhere, for, for most of the people who are listening here, it's going to range between, say, 9 and, I don't know, 13, hour, 13 hours would be, you know, your, 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 the, the bulk of the people that would listen. Obviously, you've got people a bit quicker. Obviously, you're going to have people that are slower. But, yep. you know, in a, in a racing situation, um, you've obviously sort of got to be sitting at the top of your aerobic threshold and, and just trying to mm. maintain that. So how do we go about actually improving this yeah. efficiency um, and actually being able to, to tap into those stores that you talked about? Yeah, it, it's a great question. It, in fact, I think it's um, based on the lay... Uh, articles that I've seen and just the education that, that companies are putting out nowadays and just, just errant people. I think there's a lot of confusion behind this because, because as you mentioned, I mean, this, this, this concept of metabolic efficiency is, is not new. Um, it's been referred to as the crossover concept in exercise physiology and probably dates back 50, 60 years. But, but we know it, you know, the relationship between fat and carbohydrates and we've known that for decades. But the reason why we haven't really used it is because researchers left it exactly what you just said. They said, oh, well, aerobic training teaches the body to burn more fat. End of story. Close the book. We don't need to do anymore. But they never explore, explored the nutrition impact of that. And in the, in the last four years, I, I do testing on, on athletes all the time with this, and I've, I've been collecting data, and, and it's not research. You know, it's very important to understand there's, there's different, you know, I'm not the lab guy in the research department. I'm kind of in the field doing this testing. And, and what I've seen is that nutrition, changing an athlete's nutrition has about 70 to 80% clout or, or improvement in teaching the body to burn more fat. The, the exercise component, while it's important, is a very, very low percentage in, in terms of impacting the metabolic efficiency. So I, I never leave an athlete, after testing and all this prescription, I never leave them with the message of saying, oh, looks like you need to go long and slow now, because that's not going to support performance. You know, I, what I tell them is I say, listen, 
respect your aerobic training days when, when you or your coach has them in it, respect those, you know, do your tempo, do your threshold. If you're doing any, any super threshold, you've got to do that for performance. But where I'm going to make impact and positive impact on your metabolic efficiency is I'm going to tweak your nutrition. So that, yeah. So, so what you're saying is you're not, you're not telling people to train any differently. You're basically saying carry on training as you're doing. Um, it's going to be how you feel yourself when you're training it, and when you're racing that's going to make the difference. Yeah, I'd say 95% of the time that's my message. The, the other 5% of the time is if I, can, if I catch an athlete kind of in their off-season or early base season, then that, that's obviously the time where they're, they are doing that lower volume, lower intensity training. So it, it fits. The messages fit very well. But all other months of the year, that's the exact message I give is, is just saying I can impact this much, much better with just tweaking your nutrition a little bit. So you, you worry about your training. I'll help you with your nutrition. We'll get to this. We'll get you know to the to the same endpoint faster. I suppose the question that I have, you know, after listening to what you're saying, you're saying you can have a huge impact on, you know, the energy stores you're using when you're racing and training. You know, what are some of the things we need to do nutritionally to actually create that change for our body? Yeah, it's actually it's 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 so it's so funny because it's so simple. And and I you know I've been in the sport a long time myself, and I've worked with triathletes, and we know some of us tend to get a little on the OCD type A personality side. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know, we've got power meters, we've got GPS, we've got angle, you, you name it. But, but I think what it boils down to is a lot of triathletes I've worked with, um, age groupers, Ironman athletes, they're, they're, a lot of them are very methodical in analyzing data and they want information. And when it comes to nutrition, they think that's what the, what, what the goal would be is, is to make it as complex as possible and quantitative as possible. It's the exact opposite because fortunately or unfortunately, the nutrition changes are actually more of a behavior change rather than just tweaking a lot of numbers. So, so at, in the end, what it really boils down to, to, to change or I should say improve your metabolic efficiency, your body's ability to burn fat, all we need to do at the end of the day is control blood sugar. And and this is this is why very important. Whenever whenever we eat something, say we say we have a a banana, right? Pure sugar, pure carbohydrate. Our blood sugar increases. Our body is meant to handle that. You know, it spikes and then it goes down. The blood sugar. What's interesting though is when blood sugar spikes and when it's really super high, our body actually releases the 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 hormone insulin. And insulin is known to actually shut off fat burning or fat oxidation in the body. So the more a, a triathlete goes through what I call this this roller coaster effect of high blood sugar, low blood sugar, high blood sugar, low blood sugar, they're turning on their fat burning like a light switch. And the body doesn't like that too much. So easiest thing to do, control blood sugar. And, and I'll tell you, this is how easy it is. When, when you look at food, and this is what I help my, my athletes um, every single day with, is when you look at food, we put a protein source together and a source of fiber. So we're so we're talking, you know, chicken, fish, beef, beans, nuts, you know, the really good sources of, of protein with a fruit or with a vegetable, maybe a whole grain, depending on what training cycle they're in and what their energy expenditure is like. So at the end of the day, you know, you, you throw a piece of chicken and, and some broccoli with it, that's a metabolically efficient meal, which which sustains and or, or keeps your blood sugar controlled so your body can continually burn fat throughout the day that that's it's not really a secret but that's the key to metabolic efficiency okay so can you give us some some practical examples of say preparing for a training session and actually going through a training session and how we can actually 
you know, improve, improve the sufficiency. Um, you know, typically, yeah. you know, somebody might get up and have, uh, you know, I think, right, I'm going out for a five-hour bike ride. I'm going to get up. I'm going to have a big, um, big bowl of cereal. You know, um, yep. good yep. carbohydrate source. When I'm out on the bike, I might be going through, you know, a banana river on the hour mark and maybe a gel yep. thrown in every half hour or so. Can you give us yep. some sort of tips as to what we can practically do to improve things? Absolutely, yeah. And and what I'll say is, say is um, just take about two steps backwards. You know, I, I tell, I, re, I remind athletes, I, my Ironman athletes all the time, I say, listen, in, in your sport training, in your swim, bike, run, you are consistently trying to improve your efficiency. So swimming, we're trying to be more economical and efficient, use less energy. Biking, we're trying to do the same thing. Running, we're trying to do the same thing. So what I refer to this is now, nutritionally, we're, we're doing the same thing as you do in sport training, right? We're just doing it from a food perspective. The, the great thing about this, and, and throughout all my, my years of testing, I've actually shown that you can improve metabolic efficiency in as little as two weeks. So oh. just changing your diet, and that's, you know, we can't get those benefits usually from, we, well, we can hardly ever get those benefits from training that quickly. So what I tell them is, I say, listen, if you can just spend a little time with your daily nutrition, you can become more metabolically efficient in two weeks. And, and I preface that because I don't want I don't want your listeners saying, okay, tomorrow I've got my five-hour bike and I'm going to follow this guy's recommendations because their body may not be ready yet because they haven't trained it properly. So so what I tell athletes is give it give it two weeks, then you can do what I'm going to talk about here in the next few minutes. So there there is a precursor to this. So back to the, the point at hand, going out for a five-hour ride, maybe you have a run off the bike. Um, what I always promote is having this this quote unquote metabolically efficient snack or meal beforehand. So uh, you you brought up a bowl of cereal, super high carbohydrate, maybe a little bit of protein thrown in the milk. What that does is it creates blood sugar instability. It actually so so it, it creates a high blood sugar curve, which means you're turning on your carbohydrate burning like crazy and turning down or or blunting your fat burning before going on your five hour bike. That's, a, that's the exact opposite of what you want to do, especially before a long session. So backing up and maybe you say, okay, maybe, maybe I have some yogurt and fruit, right? Much more quality source of protein. You still have your carbohydrates from the fruit and maybe from a little bit of the yogurt, but it's not as high of a carbohydrate load. Now, that in itself will scare every single Ironman athlete that is listening. <laughs> yeah. <to death>, right? <laughs> It, it always happens. Athletes look at me like I'm, I'm nuts. They're like, what are you talking about? You're taking away my carbohydrates. And I say, no, I'm not taking them away. I'm making them more useful so we can teach your body to burn fat. So you, you can do the math, right? You, you, you put in yogurt, you bump up the protein, you still get about the same amount of carbohydrates that you would get from that bowl of cereal, maybe a little bit less, right? We're still feeding your body, but what we're doing is we're controlling blood sugar. That that's the key. So once you, you know, step one, you've developed your metabolic efficiency. Step two is looking at that meal. What you know, whatever one to three hours before you get on the bike, looking at what you put in your body. You know, worst thing, dare I say, worst thing uh, I've seen athletes do, especially Ironman athletes, is suck down a gel fifteen to twenty minutes before they tow the line for the next race. Worst thing they do because right there they turn off their fat burning. And and what your listeners need to know is our bodies have about two to three hours worth of carbohydrate stores to fuel moderate intense exercise. That's, it's about what, what most Ironman athletes would exercise, which would um, race at, not, not your elites, but most of the age groupers. Mm. You've got about two to three hours worth of carbohydrates in your body to fuel that intensity of exercise. If you set your body up before that session or before that race burning carbohydrates, you've just reduced your, your carbohydrate stores because you've turned them on earlier. So that's the last thing we want to do. So fast forward, 
have this yogurt, you have your berries, you have your fruit, something, something that has a good source of protein and carbohydrate, get on your bike. If we follow the rule, and, and this, of course, depends on training cycle and the quality of the ride. Like if you're throwing a lot of threshold intervals in there early on, this may change a little bit. But, but if you have two hours, three hours worth of carbohydrate stores, I don't start my, most of my athletes' feedings until about two hours into the bike because it's just – especially if they've controlled their blood sugar beforehand. So up until that two-hour mark, I'm looking at water. I'm looking at electrolytes. And about two hours, maybe two to three hours depending on the athlete, depending on the training session, that's when I'll start the, the, the calories or the, the feedings and, and just like you were saying, it can be banana, it can be gel. What, what I, what's really, really cool about this whole concept, this metabolic efficiency concept, is because you've taught your body to burn more fat and preserve carbohydrates, you don't have to feed as many carbohydrates during training or racing. And for Ironman athletes, that in itself is success because the number one, number one limiter nutritionally for Ironman athletes is glycogen stores. That's the store of it's carbohydrate stores in their body. Right, so if you can preserve those more, use more of your energy as fat. That's that's the ideal scenario here. So if we put that into say a, a race, so, so obviously um, you should be doing. Well, let's probably stick to the training side of things to start with before we jump into racing. Um, yep. So what you're saying is, is most sessions that are say less than three hours, unless they have a strong anaerobic component to them, um, you should basically pre-fuel yourself and then go out there and do it. And, and you know, let's say you're going out for a an Ironman pace ride, so you've got two, two hours basically at Ironman pace, fuel yourself out before the session, should be fine going through it, and then obviously post-session post fueling is, um, is important, but that's more or less what you're, you're advising? Absolutely. You, you nailed it right on the head. Absolutely. It, like I said earlier, a, a, lot of, yeah, a lot of your athletes will, will be a little concerned about that because they've never done it. You know, the, the reason, and I love that, the question you forwarded me from one of your listeners where she was, you know, she can't put in that many calories or she's tried and she, had, she didn't have a lot of success with that because she had some GI distress. But a lot of, a lot of athletes now are, are depending on the sports nutrition uh, marketing side of things. So all these companies are, are saying, you know, you get gel companies, energy gel companies saying, you know, consume one every 30 to 45 minutes. The, the reason why they say that is because they know what's going to happen to blood sugar in 30 to 45 minutes. So they don't want you to crash, mm. you know, but, but you know, it's, it's not, it's not supporting as, as uh, it's not a great supporting concept. And, and I'll tell you with, you know, the, the typical, I, I see most Ironman athletes, depending on gender, putting down about, you know, 250 to 400 calories per hour on the bike, mm-hmm. uh, maybe about half that on the run. And, you know, some of them, some of them play the roll the dice game on GI distress. Am I going to get GI distress today? I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I found with with the athletes who I've actually developed metabolic efficiency with, they need. I've got I've got this one guy I've been following, Ironman athlete, he's a 50 year old, puts out 10 out 10 anywhere between 10 to 10:30 Ironmans. The last three or four Ironmans, been to Kona a couple times. You know the whole thing. I've followed him over the past few years. He consumes anywhere between 70 and 95 calories per hour during these Ironman efforts. And, and you guys know, I mean, a 10-hour effort, that's, yeah. that's, that's, not, that, that's pretty respectable, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, so what I'm, what I'm telling athletes is you don't need to feed as much. And in fact, when you do overfeed, that's when GI distress happens. So that was actually my mantra in, or, or my, uh, my will of trying to determine this because really, I mean, athletes, in my practice, athletes come to me for two things, weight loss and getting rid of GI distress. And, and I've got the weight thing down. We, we know that. We know how to do it. The GI distress was puzzling to me years ago. So I went hunting for it. And that's 
kind of how this metabolic efficiency concept was born. But 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 think of it, right? If if you're if if you're you know doing an Ironman or even training. Anytime you increase intensity of training or racing, your ability to digest calories decreases significantly. So if we're trying to throw down 250 to 400 calories per hour while we're racing, that's why we're seeing so much GI distress. So basically what this metabolic efficiency thing does is, is not only has a great, great positive impact on leaning an athlete out, maybe a little bit of weight loss. It also reduces their calorie needs during the race, so so they don't get the you know they don't get bit by the GI distress monster. Um, one other question I've got just regarding that we've obviously just talked sort of through you going out for a training session and, and how to sort of implement uh, implement things there. What about obviously post training is is an important time to for yep. recovery, and so post training and for the rest of your daily nutrition. How yep. much of an impact does that have in terms of um, improving your metabolic efficiency? Yeah, that's that's a great point. So let me start with that post-workout uh, or post-training uh, window, nutrition recovery window there. Um, it, it's interesting because if you if you take a metabolically efficient athlete, right, and we could take athlete A and athlete B, but athlete A is that metabolically efficient athlete who is using more of their fat stores and preserving more of their carbohydrate stores during that session. At the end of the session – they're not going to need to replenish as many carbohydrates because they've stored more, they've preserved more. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the beauty of this. Unfortunately, and, and this is the kind of the psychological uh, aspect of my job, is a lot of athletes get in this sport to justify their eating, right? So yeah. they're like, hey, I did a five-hour bike ride. Therefore, I can eat all of this, you know, whatever it is, right? So yep. I, I try and teach them that you may not need as much as you, you think you need, but the other important thing to remember is we, we know we need carbohydrate, we need protein, we need sodium, we need fluid. Those are, the, those are what I call the fab four in the post-workout window. H- however, it really depends on what's coming next because we can recover, especially our carbohydrate stores, in 24 hours after training if we follow our same dietary habits, Right, so I, I talk to athletes a lot on this. I'm, I, you know, I ask them. I said, "Listen, do you have a two-a-day? Come, you know, what what is happening after you get off that five-hour bike? What's happening in the next twenty-four hours? Do I need to accelerate recovery, or can we take twenty-four hours? You know, do you have a swim the next morning, or don't you? You know, what's what's happening here? Because we can accelerate recovery. We can we can get all those carbohydrate stores back, retain, you know, get your fluid balance back in about twelve to sixteen hours." With, by throwing in some carbohydrate, protein, sodium, and water right after training, but but if they don't need to, you know, I, I always ask athletes this: Why why are you putting calories in your body if your body doesn't need them? Especially if they have weight or body composition goals, which you know, probably ninety nine percent of the athletes I work with do. Yeah, you know, like a lot of this stuff, you know, for someone who's maybe newer to basic nutrition, wouldn't it? You know, spike and metabolic, you know, and all these kind of things. What is, what, is, yep. what are some of the foods that they really want to avoid in their just day to day diets? Yeah, I think you know a lot of the, and, and this is for health purposes too. But you know, a lot of the refined sugars, the processed foods. I mean, really, the, they don't have any nutrients in them. All, the, all you're getting is, is you know, you might as well just take some table sugar and, and put it in your mouth. Is is basically the, the nutrition profile for some of these things. But I like to focus on really looking looking at. I mean, obviously variety. You know, I'm a registered dietitian, so I have to throw in variety, balance, moderation. That that's always the message, of course. But I look at the training cycles and I say, listen, if you're in your base training. You may not need as many whole grains, you know, your good starches, your, your, your good breads, your, your good pastas, that kind of thing. You may not need that 
because you're not training as much yet. So, so you know, what, we, what I focus on there is more lean proteins and fruits and veggies, right? When you progress to the intensity or the build cycle where you've got a lot more intervals, you've got your five-hour bikes, you've got maybe a 40 to 45-minute run off the bike, energy burn or energy expenditure is much higher. That's when I say, okay, let's put in some whole grains if, if your body needs them because now you're burning more calories we need to keep up with that. We don't want to overfeed, but we want to keep up with that, right? And then obviously towards the off season, I, I try and shut it down a little bit more and, and go back to just protein, fruit, and vegetable. It's the hardest thing for endurance athletes because we are groomed to just mm. inhale whole grains, mm. right? That's, that's where we start. Our, you know, I talk to endurance athletes all the time and I'm, and I'm like, how do you choose your food? You know, and they say, okay, cereal for breakfast. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's think about this. The, the easiest way I can, I can encourage uh, your listeners to change their nutrition uh, to become metabolically efficient is to think about when they eat a snack or, or, a, or a meal, where it, locate your protein source first. Where's my protein? Then the second question to ask is, where's my color? Where's my fruit and veggie? And then the third question to ask is, if my training cycle is hard, if it's intense, if it's long, where's my whole grain, Right. That's that's that is what supports metabolic efficiency and supports blood sugar rather than saying, hey, I think I'm going to have a huge plate of pasta, maybe a little meat sauce sprinkled on top and some bread on the side. You know, maybe maybe a side salad of of, of iceberg lettuce. You know, that that is super high carbohydrate. So it's not it, it's kind of going backwards in what we want to teach them. When it, when it comes, if we sort of fast forward now to, to sort of a race situation, um, how does sort of metabolic efficiency fit in with, obviously carbohydrates are still incredibly important. We're talking about, um, you know, get it, tapping into that, that, that fat that often a lot of people don't tap into, but obviously carbohydrates is still incredibly important. So how does this sort of fit in with, um, say, carbo loading in the, the days yeah. preced, preceding the race? Yeah, I, I love that question. Thank you for asking that. So, uh, again, I, I look at this whole nutrition concept in, in terms of, of what I call nutrition periodization. So we, so we look at the different training cycles. Obviously, you know, maybe base training, early build, you, you've developed your metabolic efficiency. Now you're in build, you're, you're peaking, you're tapering, you're getting ready for the race. The worst thing to do is to revert back to how they ate before or carbohydrate load. Because your body is already efficient, you know. I, I refer to this a lot. You know, you, you help an, you help a age group Ironman triathlete really really fix their swim stroke. You maybe they, maybe they have some inefficiencies in their catch or whatever it is. You spend three <coughs> excuse me spend three months spend three months trying to really improve their technique, and then you know three three to eight days depending on how long their taper is. Three to eight days beforehand, they say, "Hey, coach, I think I'm going to go back to the way I used to swim." right? That's the, that's the analogy I use for nutrition is like, once you've developed it, now you want to maintain it. You do not want to go backwards. And that's exactly what carbohydrate loading does. And in this, again, metabolic efficiency, it's not a low carb diet. You know, if, if, if for, for a lot of my athletes who actually keep track of these numbers, it's, it's about 50% of your total calories as carbohydrates. And that's, that's very, very adequate. You know, unfortunately I see a lot of our endurance athletes doing anywhere between about 65 to 70 percent as uh, from carbohydrates or calories so you know the, the worst thing to do is go back to carbohydrate loading the easiest thing to do is and, and this is what is really beautiful with this uh this process is once you develop it once you're in that habit you know the foods that are going to work as you taper as you peak because you've already tried it in training and there's nothing nothing wrong with it you don't have to load your carbohydrate stores because you're so much better at burning fat that you just keep your heart carbohydrate stores where they're at. 
that's that's the beauty. In, in addition, you know, I've had a lot of my athletes get, you know, they they get to, uh, to transitionary in the morning. They're checking over their bike. They're pumping their tires, and you know, they praise me. They've called me up after the race and said, "Hey, I just want to let you know that." You know, I was like the only one in the transition area who didn't have to tape their gels to the top to mix the the crazy potions. You know, I was just I was just in and out because because their body was ready nutritionally. You know, and and in addition, it, it's it's quite a, a good cost savings too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, your thinking is different to what your traditional thinking is in our sport. You know, like you know, I'm sure a lot of people listen to this as you as you recognise. Is you know, they go, "Oh, we'll back it up." Um, how much resistance have you had to you know your way of thinking around this? Oh, tremendous amount of resistance. Tremendous. I, I refer to myself as a continual fish swimming upstream. Really? Continual. But you know, that's I, I think that's you know, I, I've met a lot of my sport dietitian friends, and and you know, they some of them you know just don't understand. Um, don't understand the complexities of especially Ironman triathlon. You know, it's not until you've been there, you've done that, you're, you're doing that, you know, then, then you understand what's really happening and, and the impact you can make. But, you know, I'm used to it. You know, I, I, I have challenged everything in my career, everything in my life. I've always challenged and asked the word, you know, asked the question, why, you know, college professors, you know, here's, here's, here's this, this, this. And I was always the kid raising their hand. Why can you explain why, you know, because I, I understand what research is giving us. But I also understand about half that research does not apply to my athletes when I try it in the field. And, and that's, that's the gap I'm, I'm trying to bridge right now. But, but I'm, I'm used to resistance. You know, and the, the best example I, I give of this, is, two examples actually, in, in 04, I, I published my first book. It was called Nutrition Periodization for Endurance Athletes. And, and it basically is, is, is summing up what I've been talking about is taking your training year base, build, intensity, taper, off-season, and, and applying nutrition strategies that are different throughout the year instead of just eating the same. And, and back then, people were, my colleagues were looking at me like I was crazy, absolutely crazy. You know, and seven years later, the, the concept is being adopted. It's being published in, in sport nutrition textbooks. So, so that's one example, and, and I'm used to this. The other example is, here, here's a great tidbit for your readers, is sport nutrition research in terms of carbohydrate feeding used to recommend that we consume between 30 and 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour of exercise, right? It wasn't until two, it wasn't until two years ago where a researcher who's actually an Ironman athlete himself out of the UK uh, challenged that. And he, and, he, and he fed different carbohydrates. I'm sure you guys have heard that one before. The ask little bit of you can drop. Yeah, ask her, you can drop. Yep, yeah. yep. But, but it was him who, who challenged. He said, listen, can our body absorb more? And, and he found, yeah, our bodies can absorb a lot more than that. I mean, obviously... I, I'm, I'm promoting the opposite of that, but, but the point is we, we know that our body is ever-changing. We know that, that you know, recommendations are going to be changed. You know, in terms of having resistance, I think that's the, you know, I think I, I strive to, to have resistance. So, you know, I'm such an educator. I look at, I look for those teaching moments uh, for coaches and athletes and, and other sport dietitians. But I tell you what, the, the people who really get it, are the coaches and the athletes, you know, because when I introduced the concept, this whole concept and the reason why it was born in my head to get rid of GI distress, every single athlete who has had GI distress listens because I can eliminate it with, with creating metabolic efficiency. And it, you know, and there's, there's no pills, there's no powders. It's just looking at food differently. So when it does come, if I take a step back to the, the race nutrition side of things, yep. so you, know, you talked about um, you know, carb, carb loading is, is not, not necessarily required um, or not required. Uh, when it comes to the race, you're saying um, you know, you have your, your pre-race 
meal, um, you know, I don't know, two to three hours before, and then you're sort of promoting that in that window there between two to three hours before the, or actually that pre-race morning food, um, breakfast, uh, anything particular people should be looking out for there, you're saying having a huge big bowl of cereals is not um, optimal, um, what would you be sort of suggesting that they you know, have in that, that, that pre-race morning for an Ironman d- distance race? Yeah, that's that's always the the sixty four thousand dollar question. Of course, what what I what I tell them is, and, and if I have the opportunity to work with them early on, or for your listeners, if they if they've got a few weeks before their their next Ironman, what I what I tell them is, listen, when you were eating breakfast before your hard track workouts or before your your aggressive you know O dark thirty master swim workouts or bike interval sessions. Let's make note of what breakfasts actually worked for your body, meaning they, they didn't come up, they didn't create any GI distress. What I like to do, because that's, that, that's the, the positives, right? That's knowing, wow, that worked for me, I felt good, I had good turnover, had good power, whatever it was, I felt good in the water. The, I, so I revert back to, what did you do in the past? Because I can list out a whole bunch of different meals, but when push comes to shove, you know, if I'm, if I'm suggesting yogurt and berries and someone's like, ooh, you know, I, I don't do well with that then okay, that's off the plate. You know, let's find something else that works for you. I've, I've had a lot of athletes who do eggs before Ironman races. And I personally, I think I, I think I would throw up, you know, doing <laughs> something like that because my body can't handle that. You know what I mean? So, but but what the, the point is, is I look for the proteins first. You know, so what... What can your body digest in terms of protein? Is it egg? Is it milk? Is it is it uh, a whey protein uh, isolate shake or powder that you mix in with oatmeal? Maybe you know what I mean. So we're trying. I'm trying to get a balance of blood sugar, and I can do that a hundred different ways. Uh, yeah. You know, you can use. I, I actually revert to smoothies or or uh, you know fruit uh, milk based fruit smoothies. Or if someone's lactose intolerant, you just throw some protein powder in there. That liquid source empties from your stomach so much quicker than solids, so it, it, it makes you feel like you have a lighter gut when you when you get to the start line. And so you're not looking again to do any um, anything too crazy with carbohydrate. No, not at all. Not at all. I, and, you know I should back up right. If if you have your athlete who doesn't do the metabolic efficiency and they're like, oh, you know, I'm just going to follow my high carbohydrate diet. If they don't carbohydrate load, they're going to be in a world of trouble, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what their body is used to. They, they have to facilitate that. But, yeah, for all the athletes kind of turning, turning the other ear and saying, hey, you know, I think this guy might have something here, carbohydrate loading is, is not necessarily uh, um, going to benefit them. It actually may impair them because what I see a lot is you put too many carbohydrates in, in your body at one time when you're not used to it. It causes bloating. It causes gas. You know, and those aren't the things you want before you put on the wetsuit. You know? Don't want gas. Don't want gas. Yeah. No, <laughs> not when you're running behind John. I tell you. Um, and so, in that window before the race, um, you know, typically a lot of athletes might be chugging down gels and stuff. But you, what you were simply saying before is once you've had that pre-race meal, um, obviously I'd imagine hydration and electrolytes are still important. But you don't want to be looking to crank the carbs and get that blood sugar out of whack. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's that's very correct. You know, and, and you know, if they, it, you know, to, to get the fluid and the electrolytes, and you know, there there are some products out there. Or, you know, you can, you know, there there are some products that that are very different than normal sport drinks. You can put protein powder in 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 another product. You know, you can. What I'm looking for is that balance, so you don't have that blood sugar spike. So that ba- you know, if you're going to consume carbohydrate, let's not make it a, a blood sugar spike event anymore. Let's let's calm it down by adding just a just a smidget of protein in there. Yeah, and when it actually comes to the racing side of things, um, you're saying you can take uh, less than what you know is, is typically put out there if you've got your me- metabolic efficiency working well for you. My question though is how 
how um, much of an impact is intensity going to have on this? Because typically in an Ironman race, you know, you're going to be, um, especially if you're at, say, the com- more competitive end of, of, of racing, you know, you're going to need to get out fairly firmly in the swim. Typically mm-hmm. in the bike, people, unless they have a yeah, power meter, are going to go far too hard um, at the start of the bike. And that's often what I see um, yep. people having nutritional issues is because they go too hard too soon. So what implications does have does intensity have with working your fat stores? You know, if you go too hard too soon, is that going to yeah. mean you're going to tap into car- carbohydrates? And once you've gone to that point, can you come back? Yeah, it, that's a great question. It, some of it depends on the fitness level of the athlete, right? So, so we know a lot of the elites and even the the elite amateurs. Um, what what we know is they they can actually uh, burn or oxidize, mobilize more fat at higher intensities because right they're they're at a fitness level that's a little bit above the the normal age grouper. So they've trained their body to oxidize or burn fat at those higher intensities. So what, what's what's published in research right now is is that that optimal, if you will, percentage of heart rate or VO2 max um, that, that you're optimally burning fat at is about 65% and under, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, as you were mentioning, for your elites and your top amateurs, they're, they're, you know, they're doing 65% out there and you know they're, they're back of the pack. So yes, number one, fitness level uh, improves the body's ability to burn fat. And, and number two, intensity is a huge factor because at a certain point, their body is going to rely more on carbohydrates. But when you get that metabolically efficient athlete, even at the elite level, what's going to happen is you know, maybe, maybe they start burning more carbohydrates at 75% max intensity rather than 65%, but maybe at, maybe at 80%, they're burning 60% carb, 40% fat. You know, maybe 85%, they're burning 65% carbohydrate, 35% fat. My point is they're still burning a good amount of fat. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I see with, with kind of those top-level uh, age groupers and, and elites is they're still able to use the fat. You know, but the intensity is so high, they're burning more calories than your 13-hour finisher. Right. So they are trying to put in a few more calories uh, and, and, and for good reason. You know, maybe these are the people who maybe they do consume uh, you know, around 150 calories an hour because of their energy expenditure and intensity is a little bit higher. But you know, obviously that's not what we're seeing out there. You know, I see a lot of pros. I, I follow the circuit here. A lot of pros are, are putting down, especially males. You know, we're, we're, I'm seeing five to six hundred calories an hour on the bike, and mm. you know, I, there, there are some there are some freak of freaks of nature out there who can sustain that, right? Not have any GI distress, and you know, they'll get a top five or a top, top ten finish. You know, yeah. but you know, my my question to them always, and I, and I know a couple of these guys is, hey, do you always want to be top five or top ten, or would you rather have the podium? You know, mm. why why not take a chance and see what feeding less would do. Right? What does that do to power up? What does that do to your velocity? Hey, who knows? Right? But that's that's something that I, I propose to these more more elite or top age groupers. Well, it definitely sounds like you've you've introduced a different kind of thing into a lot of our listeners. A whole bunch oh, of you've, 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 you've corrupted our minds. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so so if you want to find out more information about what um, Bob's doing, you can check out his website www.fuel the number four mans m a n c e dot com. We'll have a link to that on www iamtalk.me and he's got a book that you can buy on there and we'll have a link for that book on our site um, through eBay as well yep. so in that book Metabolic Efficient Training um, does that sort of go into a lot more detail in terms of obviously what yeah. we've covered today and how, how, how the listeners can practically use it it does yeah what, what I do is I kind of explain the, the background of it first to give the athlete an, an, an idea of what it is and then I take them through each training cycle so in base training Here's what, here's what I'm looking for for your training. Here's what I'm looking for for your nutrition. How do you manipulate it? How do you improve it? Once you get to race season, what do you do? How do you put your food together off season? What do you do? So, so it's almost 
I mean, I don't want to use the word Bible, but it, it's, a, it's a great uh, uh, kind of workbook to improve your metabolic efficiency. And just, just from A to Z, it, it just, you know, it's a very easy read. It's about 100 pages, easy read, easy to follow. I, I write it with the athlete in mind because all the books I, I write is, you know, I'm an athlete, so that's the way I want to understand it, and that's the way I want athletes to, to read it. Great. Okay, well, thank you for your time. I'm sure we'll get lots of emails about this one. We will. <laughs> oh, yes, you will. <laughs> I may have to get you back on at some stage and yeah. ask a whole bunch of questions. Yeah, oh, be great. I'd, I'd absolutely love to. If you want to do a Q&A or something, open open up to your listeners, I'd be more than happy to. Because this is, you know, again, like I said, it's, this isn't new. It's just a new way of thinking. It's not new in terms of science. It's just a new way of thinking in terms of athletics. Well, it's, it's a big shift in our sport, isn't it? Because we've traditionally been trained to eat like a mofo. It's huge. It's yeah. huge. Absolutely. And uh, yourself, have you got any racing coming up? I do. I, I've actually spent the last uh, few years doing a lot of 100-mile races, and I'm, I'm getting back into trial. I've got a, uh, a keen urge to get some speed back in my ultra legs. So I've got, I've got a, I'm going to do them all this year except Ironman. Ironman is going to be 2012, but I've got a few sprints, a few Oles, and, and a half Ironman to polish it off. I've got a little Xterra off-road going on. So nice. just trying to, trying to tease the speed out of my legs again. Bring it on. Thanks very much for your hey, time, Thanks so Bob. much for your time, Bob. And, oh, uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. If anybody wants to, again, catch up with Bob and his information, go to fuelformance.com. And we'll have that on www.imtalk.me. Thanks, mate. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, okay. guys. Have a great day. Sponsor. Oh, do you want to talk about the interview? Yes. Okay, let's talk about the interview. They're interesting. So I'm not going to eat any. I'm going to go out there now. I'm going to be metabolically efficient. Tell you what, he'll definitely sell some books. I, I want to read his book. Yes, I, uh, I think it would. Because uh, it, it, it does contradict everything. I've ever learned mm-hmm. to this point. Mm. But um, one of the things that I found that I, I, I was going to ask him, but we were going. Yeah. We, 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 had, we had quite a few other questions to ask. But, <laughs> Talk about long shows. Yeah. But anyway, as I often find that when I come back from a, from a training break and I go out there, I think I'm incredibly metabolically inefficient and yeah. I bonk very, very easily. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. But it did sound like you were saying, you know, this is, you know, like. You're saying that, but you haven't trained your body to be metabolic exactly. efficient yet. So, so I think, as with everything we say, everything we hear about, you're going to have to practice this very, very diligently. And if you've really got to, if you're going to do this, as he said, you've got to do it. You can't. So I don't think there's too much. Yeah, in between. Too much in between. Well, it sounds like if you do it and then you tr- go back the other way, you cancel everything out anyway, exactly. and it's just more harmful. Mm. But yeah, g- get the book. We'll get. Um, he's going to send us over a copy of the book, so <coughs> we'll both have a read of it, and, and we'll have a link up on our show on our store page where we've got all the books. I'll be having a link up there so you can get it off Amazon. Okay, good, good. It's my job to do. When make sure you buy it off our Amazon because we get like ten cents out of it. Yes. Yes. Man, we might make a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> sponsor. Okay, who's the next sponsor? Coffees of Hawaii. Now, one thing we like about Coffees of Hawaii is. They give back to the planet. They do, John. Because we've got to do that. We've got to look after our planet. Keep it, keep it green. I've got this guy. I've got this. Guy, I've got this guy who comes from running group, Richard, and he's a lovely guy. He's he's, little, he's probably late fifties, maybe early sixties, and uh, and uh, he's he's had some operation and stuff, and he's become this real conspiracy theory dude. Mm. And, and he's he's given me all these conspiracy theory videos to watch, and so my mind's been corrupted. Right. And uh, the environment's it's a big thing, John. It is. Mm. Uh, but and so one thing with coffees of why. They put one percent back into the planet, so that, that's a, a fund. The, the reason we pay attention, we protect, we seek change. As a member of our one percent for planet, we're a company that is empowered to make change, and you can make a change too. Um, so there you go. So they put money. Obviously, it's a great product. We talk about that every every week, and we've obviously got our promo codes. If you go to imtalk.me, click on the Coffees of Y logo. Got all our promo codes there. But one thing about this company is uh, they support our sport. 
They support um, other cool sports sort of in the Hawaiian region, which is where they're obviously based. Um, but also they support the planet, so we like that. And also okay. the founder is, <laughs> is an okay runner as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you're never going to give it up. <laughs> you can do it in 2.15, you go, oh, yeah. It was downhill. Downhill short. <laughs> uh, so they've got a couple of things they actually do support. So you've got Surf Rider. Um, you've also got Nature Conservatory. Um, but one, one thing they are saying is that if you do have ideas on areas that you want them to support um you know let them know because they they are you know open to the their community's ideas on things areas that they want to support in the environment i think the other thing that we always have to go back to is that at the end of the day we get emails all the time from you guys telling us how much it's a great product Mm. and so this company is doing all the fundamental good stuff you know good service good you know looking after the environment giving back and all that stuff but at the end of the day, you're getting a great product. So, exactly. And you get it at a bargain rate. Exactly. So go through IamTalk.me, click on the logo, get all the discount codes, and get yourself some coffee. Okay, John, they have a, they have a uh, Hawaii Proverbs page. Okay. Go for it. Uh, how do you say it? Elio Neo. One of the most poetic of all languages, full metaphors, double meanings, and riddles, because its speaking had no writing system until the early 19th century. They preserved much of their wisdom in the form of eleo ne elo. Literal translation is wise sayings. We should get some of those, we should have them listed on our site, some of our wise sayings. And we should get that guy who does the ad for them to say it for us. Yes. Because he's got the Hawaii voice, yeah, eh? Yeah. yeah, that's good. Okay, uh, copies of Hawaii. John, our show's already going to be like, wait a second. So it's forty. It's already an hour and a half. Okay. We need to wrap up quickly. We need to wrap up quickly. We, we need to talk about something. Well, why don't we talk about something else quickly and then do another ad and then... Okay, what we aren't going to do this week, we're going to do our sponsors. We've done our sponsors. Nicknames. No, nicknames. No, we haven't done our sponsors. That's the thing. We've still got extreme endurance to do. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. For a second. But we're going to do our nicknames. So all you Next guys, week we'll do our nicknames. We've got the nicknames lined up and we're running out of time. We've got a few questions in there. Have we got I'm, a quick one that we can just say? Well, I want to do a thumbs up for Iron Man New Zealand. Okay, here we go. Um, I watched their TV show on Sky the other day. Was it good? And it was good. Great. And they, they focused on the elites. All it was about, they had one, one guy who um, Ali Dennis was helping work with. Who, Didn't we have him as Age Group of the Week? We did. Yeah. yeah. Nick Ruane or something like yeah, that. Yeah, nice. was. Yeah, basically he had lost the use of one arm, had to do the whole swim one arm the year before he missed the cutoff. So they followed his progress through the day and it was yeah, we did awesome him to as get, age get him yeah. through. Um, but it was just good coverage. So it was just focusing on the pros, giving you all the time differences. It was the kind of coverage that I like to see. Um, I will say that Aiden was sent through that lot of results last week. We were wondering conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. and he was saying no. Um, this year's winners were drawn from two pools: 150 US residents, 150 international athletes. As of next year, 200 lottery winners will be drawn from one pool. I think WTC is finally realizing the World Championship does not mean 75% US. Also, lottery is supervised by an independent auditing firm to make sure the process is legitimate. So. There so the reason that there were so many US is because it actually happens next year. Some, see, somebody else confused us about this because I said that and then somebody else came back and said, no, 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 it's, it's international, so maybe they were a year. Well, they had themselves. announced it. No, they had they announced it. I, I think that's... Anyway. Uh, my mind's vague at the moment. <laughs> uh, sponsor! See, we talked for two minutes, have a sponsor. No, one other thing I wanted oh. to say was... Um, Again, I want to give uh, I Man New Zealand some thumbs up because we're often a hard. No, no, we're good the good stuff. The other thing, um, Ian Tanner, who was working down in Christchurch on emergency rescues for Christchurch, he was in like the teams which were going into the buildings and. Yeah, he's a fireman, isn't he? 
I'm pretty, sure yeah, pretty sure yeah. he said he was fine. So he was out here doing that and so couldn't go and race Ironman New Zealand and they allowed him to transfer his entry the following year, which Great. I thought was very honourable. Honourable mention for Good W Ironman New Zealand. Ironman New Zealand. Which makes sense because they're Kiwis. Yeah. 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 I'm New Zealand. Yeah. Okay, John, last sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Scroll up. Because we were going to do that earlier in the show. Yeah, okay. Um, Check out the full range, John. Because they've got the full range. It's not just the Extreme Endurance product we talk about. It's They've also got their Amino Vitals, um, the Omegas. So they've got the full range there. Obviously, we've got our discount code. You use I am Talk, and you get 20% off. The other thing I want to just make people aware of this week is if you're a, if you're one of those people that is a sort of either a budding elite or you've got a coaching business or you've got a strong online community. Um, if you have influence in your world. Yeah, uh, they have their athlete sort of sponsorship program. So you need to have used the product and obviously believe in it. Um, if you do that... Don't sell out, team. Then you can go in there and you can... Uh, they've got sort of special rates. Um, they've got various levels of sponsorship. But, you know, if you've got that online community or you, you are an influencer then take advantage of it and um, yeah. well, give it a try first you know, you don't, don't sell products I always hate it when you get someone who you know just told them crap to sell you something mm. don't you hate that hate that hate mm. that so extreme endurance buffers your lactic acid if you do your metabolic efficiency um, nutrition you buffer your lactic acid you're going to be going five hours you're, quicker you'll be mecca exactly we'll be mecca who doesn't matter but how old you are. Remember, if you go to xendurance.com, put in the discount code IAMTALK, and what is that, 25%? 20%. 20% off, John. No-brainer. Well, easy pay for your shipping. And uh, and I was talking to Andrew the other day, and he was just saying, Andrew, I think from- they're opening up um, a few different angles and stuff in terms of where they're distributing. I think they're just about to open up a branch in South Africa. Oh, great. Um, so I think you know there's going to be more and more so it's options more accessible for, your, for, your, for your shipping. It's accessible worldwide, but sometimes the shipping costs are uh, a little bit high, but obviously yep. you get 20% off, so it's not so bad. Um, but as they open up more not franchises, more distributors, distributors yep. um, then it will become a whole lot so, more accessible. Um, xendurance.com. So our sponsors are? Coffeesofwhy.com. Good big, John. Sorry, they get back. Yeah, Athlings.com. Um, you can see what you did in 1995. They, 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 they compile everything yeah, for that's you. Right. And extreme endurance. They just they help. They do. <laughs> they just oh. help you be better. They help you be faster. We're not even going to do questions and answers, John, because we're taking forever. Yes. So let's just wrap up the show. How you been, John? I'm good. Uh, so it's nine o'clock. This could be the longest show of all time. It could be. This might be a two hour. No. Well, if we waffle. Okay. Well, we waffled last week. Waffle. People waffle. seem to like last week's waffle at the end. Linda's got to get her eyebrows done at um, 11.40. Do, do you always laugh when she gets her eyebrows done? Because uh, no. they come back so dark. Yes, no, I don't laugh. Looks like a Muppet character. Yeah, well, okay, I'll tell her that when she comes back. You I dare like you to go. Character. You look like a Muppet character. Tell it's me on. how it goes. It's on, it's on. That's so we've got, to fit in, uh, we've got to fit in a ride between now and then, so we can't waffle too much. By what much. time? By 11.40. So I've got to get home, have my mess and We're going to go riding, we've got to be there and back by 11.40. Yes. So I've got to have my metabolic efficient. Oh, I can't ride and do that. Myself today. Outside of that, um, had my biggest ride for a long time, which was riding the Acura, which is about 90Ks. Slow going. I'm not, I'm not fast. I'm not strong on the bike. The other thing that I want to get out there, which we have put up on our Facebook at some stage, we need to come up with some, challenge, some more challenges for us to do in Kona. So maybe we have 10 challenges. I think five. Okay. Five challenges. So we'll transition one. Um, so maybe you guys can join in. Yeah, but I th- I, uh, the other one I was thinking, we, 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 there's no point in having a swimming race because I would win. you wouldn't win. There's no <laughs> point in really having like an uphill bike race thing because you'd spank me on that. Yep. So we need to have some ones that are sort of fairish. I was thinking maybe a 3K race or something like that because our running is pretty similar Yeah, I'll be pretty fit then because I would have done 
Because I would have done the Abel Desmond. Okay. Hopefully. We'll see how we go. We'll try to come up with some challenges, and you guys can maybe go on our Facebook page and suggest a few challenges. The top five. And every day we'll have a challenge. Yes. How many days are we there before the race? Well, I think we get there on... I think we get there Tuesday. I think we might get there first thing Wednesday. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday... Saturday's the race, we can do that. So Sunday. We, we can get five. Okay, One five a day. challenges. Okay. Uh, and that doesn't have to be athletic as well. They can be fun challenges. Okay. Maybe we'll make it a discussion of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, Bevan, um, let me just have a think. Not a great deal of other exciting Anything this weekend? Um, this weekend coming up. You could have heard that interview. You, honestly, I had to stop it. Yeah, yeah, I would have kept going. Bevan was cutting in there. He was going to cut me off. I was cutting him off. John keeps throwing these big questions out to get old Bob. And yeah, yeah. honestly, that interview could have been, this could have been the five-hour show. It could have been. John was just willing to keep on going. Because normally when we do interviews, John's wrapping it up, and I'm willing to yeah. talk forever. Yeah. Today, I, in the end, I'd say, what's the website? I'm to cover the bases. Yeah, I was thinking, this is going to be too long. Uh, other than that, no, no the riveting stuff. Priest, we've got one more week of school holidays, and I'm sure you're you're hurting with that as well. No, no, because I've had shared custody, mate. It's great. Yeah. You only have a week with the kids. Yeah, it's great. And then I've got them all around here now. I love having the kids around. They're great. It's a good yeah. age. Um, funny thing happened on the weekend, John. What's funny? Had a games night. Had a Korean. Mm-hmm. Didn't win. Mm-hmm. With that. But anyway, well, afterwards we play this game. Now, I don't mean to swear, but it's called Asshole. Yeah. It's a card game. And there's yeah. always a deer at the end of it. Yeah. And so what you do is a simple card game, but you add a letter. And so you get an A, then yeah. S, and so on, if you lose the round. And Joe, oh, Skype, don't you hate how Scott does that noise? Um, so Joe and my friends and I were all playing, and Joe lost. And the deer was you had to run around the streets in your underwear. Underwear? Could have gone nude to Rudicus. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I have a bit of speed. Yeah. But the funny thing was, so she went around in knickers and bras, and, and in town, right. she's in the central cities, which is no one's here really at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she's a little bit disappointed because she got back and she said she ran past three people in lots of cars, and no one gave her attention. Really? So, yeah. So. Go Nudicus If she went Nudicus Rudicus, she would get a few little bit more attention then. Yes, it was a nice warm weekend though. She might have, she would have been sweet. Was it? Was it Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday night. It was it very warm? Oh, we had a good weekend. A good Easter, wasn't it? It was nice. Hey, John. Other than that, this week I've got. You back gym instructing this week? No, next week. Thanks, week. So actually, I've got a week off because I've stopped everything else I've been doing. So Ooh. week off, sleeping nice. in. Nice. This could be the longest show. It could be. No, I think we've done a two hour. Yeah. This is going to be now forty-five. Hour forty. Okay, John. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.